Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on uh, you know on ICRS.com, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Kenny McIntosh, back with a, we're, our voices are both sounding better. I'm here with Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Kenny, I'm doing well. Much better than last week when I was in pain, pain. But no, I'm, I'm fighting fit. I'm feeling 100% better. 100% better. Well, there's lots of wrestling for us to talk about today. Obviously, we've got the big return to talk about from Raw which, uh, you know, was very exciting to see uh, after all this time. So we will talk about that. But um, we we did obviously talk about AEW a lot the other day, but let's uh, kick off with SmackDown, which was in Montreal. Um, and there was an interesting opening segment on SmackDown with Ronda Rousey, where she uh, she ends up, uh, you know, coming out and uh, Adam Pearce is trying to get her to leave because uh, she's wanting her suspension lifted. Um and then, you know, he tries to get police to to get rid of her. She's in handcuffs. Um and the crowd were the crowd were cheating for Ronda Rousey. Do you feel like this is a is this a, a concerted effort now, do you think, for them to try and get Rousey turned babyface? Is she gonna take a Steve Austin level turn? What do you make of it all? Well, I don't know, really know. Because I mean, I thought her attack on Liv Morgan after the SummerSlam match was a heel turn. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, same. But you're right. I mean, the previous week she turned up, 
She paid a fine with cash. Didn't look like real cash previous week. <laughs> she had like a bag of money. Um, and then she had that little interaction with Shayna as well, with Shayna Baszler, who's, of course, going to face Liv Morgan at Clash at the Castle, the SmackDown women's title. And I thought that was a really good interaction there between Shayna and Ronda Rousey, with Ronda telling Shayna, you used to be a killer. And Shayna just... Shayna's been showing quite a lot more edges and layers to her character. She's shown some vulnerability and also she's been looking tough as well. But she's kind of conflicted. Is she friends with Ronda or not? And everyone knows about the real life friendship. So that's quite interesting. I'm quite interested to see how that story proceeds between Shayna and Ronda. But as for this past Friday, SmackDown, August 19th in Montreal, SmackDown 1200, Kenny, 1200. 100th episode, it did almost feel like this was a conscious effort to turn a baby face just after she turned heel. And it was very Steve Austin-esque, wasn't it, from like April 98? Yeah. Stone Cold Ronda Rousey being led away in handcuffs and, you know, being this rebel, this renegade and this person that, like Austin was, you know, this defiant against authority, wasn't going to allow himself to be pushed around and she's not allowing herself to be pushed around either. Um, she ended up beating up, she beat up a security guard again, didn't she? Yeah, yeah she did. She was, because uh, there's four security, in fact, she beat up four security people and then the police arrived, put the cuffs on, put her in a squad car and drove her off. And we found out later on in the program that she'd been released without charge. So, Gotta give props to the the uh, the last security guard who got ar- who was about to get armbarred. The look on his face was very funny. Um, yeah. he was re- you know he could tell he was selling the like the if if Ronda Rousey puts this armbar on me, my arm might snap off. Um, which is very good. I'm I'm normally kind of against the idea of do a heel turn to then almost do a babyface turn, but see with Ronda, anything that's going to make her enthusiastic to be there and interested, go for it. Because yeah. that's what we need. We need Ronda to be, and I don't know whether the slight change of direction is to do with Shayna. Maybe it's some. Maybe it's it's got something to do with what they're going to do with Shayna. Um, but the crowd, the crowd really ate it up, and we'll see how that uh, how that navigates itself in the next few weeks. Because apparently Ronda is going to be at Clash at the Castle, even though she's not in a match. Wow. Okay, and maybe she's going to be at ringside. And we should point out that Rousey was suspended in the storyline because she roughed up the referee at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting ongoing story. And I think Shayna um, has been... This is the most they've given Shayna to do since her arrival, you know, when she beat everyone up in Elimination Chamber. And then she had the match with Becky Lynch that was a bit of a flop, wasn't it? Didn't yeah, this it? is the first time they've kind of done something with her, but it feels like her. Yeah, I mean, it was stuck with Nia Jax, but, I mean, that was quite entertaining, but it was Nia Jax, so, I mean, it obviously wasn't going to work, was it, if Nia was... So, because there was never really any reasons to why they were together. You know, there was never... They they just seemed like such an odd pairing. Yeah. And then she ended up paired with Natalia for a while, so it's nice to see her doing something that feels... uh, Because Shayna, I mean, I know that Shayna's maybe not somebody who's going to give you five-star matches all the time, but she... She's got good intensity, and I think especially working with Ronda, that can do some good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is something I'm sure that they've been hoping for ever since... Uh, who signed for the company first? I think it was Shayna, wasn't Shana, it? Shayna, yeah. 
Yeah, and Ronda came in in 2018, wasn't it? Yes, and I, I think Baszler signed in 17, from what I remember. So, yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, Ronda made a debut at Royal Rumble 2018. So, I mean, I'm sure ever since she signed, Ronda signed after Shayna had arrived in the company, they'd been looking forward to doing some type of storyline and angle together. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 what I like about this, Kenny, is they're just giving you a little bit each week. <clears throat> it's like proper storytelling where they're not giving you too much. And they're keeping you. They're giving you enough to keep you interested, but not so much that they're burning through the story too quickly. And I'm pleased to hear that Ronda's going to be at Clash of the Castle. Uh, I'm sure she'll be involved in Liv Morgan Shayna. And I don't know whether Liv's going to retain. Obviously, I'm no no idea who's going to retain. But it would be interesting if Shayna were to win the belt. That would actually, yeah. in some ways, make the story more interesting if Shayna were to become champ, and then that were to lead to a Shayna Ronda. Match. We're going to get that at some point, whether it's in a three, in a triple threat scenario or one on one. For sure, we're going to get that match. Yeah, we've got we've got to be getting that. Um, I mean, the pop, by the way, when uh, when Roman Reigns got out of his car in this show, I mean, the crowd went mental for him. You know, he just, uh, you know, Roman Reigns is, is sometimes when you watch him um, backstage, he feels like he's just really engrossed in being the character. And it's great. I, I love seeing that with wrestlers when they just, you know, they feel so much like their character that you, you can't even imagine the guy behind it. They're so, you know, they're so there. So yeah. it's great to see him uh, get a big reaction. And we did see Toxic Attraction uh, advancing in the Women's Tag Team Title Tournament, but they are now in, in now they're actually not going to be moving forward due to an injury. So it's going to be a last chance four-way match this Friday on SmackDown with the four teams who lost in the first round. I mean, those NXT tag teams are cursed because it should, they replaced Zoe Stark and Nikita Lions because one yes. of them was in. And then, I mean, I thought JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, there was one screwed up spot between Gigi and Sonya, which looked pretty bad. But after that, they turned it around and this was a pretty good match, I thought. And this was a lot of pressure in front of a big crowd this was Dolan and uh, Jane's first match, to the best of my knowledge, on the main roster. Certainly, the, well, possibly they've had damn matches or house show matches, but first match on TV, as far as I know, on the main roster. And I thought, you know, Jane scored a fluke pin on Natalia, and the fans, by the end of the match, were re really into it. So it's a shame for them that they're not going to be pro progressing further in the tournament. Um, what else we're on SmackDown? One of the 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 big stars of the show was Sami Zayn uh, from his backstage. I mean, his backstage interaction with Roman Reigns was just classic. It's yeah, really good. Yeah, and we should point out as well that Sami had been attempting to get into Roman Reigns's dressing room, and Jimmy and Jay had been preventing him from doing so. Now, Jimmy and Jay, according to the story, had been held up at the border um, mm. and weren't on the show. And Sammy was like stunned to discover that he had been granted admission to to Roman Reigns' office. He went in there and, and even more astonishingly, Reigns was really nice to him, wasn't he? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very, it was really funny because so because he gets in and he's so shocked that he's there. And Roman just kind of says, how's things going? And he's like, you know, I'm just repping the bloodline. Like, and it's he's just so spectacularly uncool. That it makes it funny, and you know he's he's then throwing Jericho under the bus, and then you know 
Jay Uso ends up phoning Roman and Roman asks Sammy to answer it. And then you can hear Jay's just enraged because Sammy's there. And, uh, and, and either it just kind of escalates from there. But Sammy does say, you know, I'm in the, the contenders match for the IC title tonight. And, you know, Roman said, well, that would look good in the bloodline. Um, and then Roman asked Sammy, who, Sammy if he was still tight with Kevin Owens. Um, but he says, you know, well, we've not talked in a minute, but we go way back. And uh, Roman kind of leaves him with that message of, you know, um, you, you don't you don't owe anybody anything ever. And Sammy agrees and uh, Roman even wishes him good luck. And it's a, a nice end to the segment. So Roman Reigns continues to be a great mob boss in the way he Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You see all these, you know, Zayn was thinking, oh, you know, I'm persona non grata around here. It's like, oh, now I'm welcome with open arms and... You know, Roman's wishing me all the best and he wants me to win the match so I become intercontinental champion and, you know, my stock will rise in the bloodline if I bring, if I bring the gold home. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a totally unexpected segment, wasn't it? And, you know, who could have predicted that Reigns would have acted like that? And then later on in the show, uh, Sami Zayn did actually help Roman Reigns out, didn't it? Yeah, he did end up. He did end up helping him out, which was pretty shocking to see. I wasn't expecting it. Um, see, we had like a we just jumped to that. We had like a confrontation at the end of the program between Roman and Drew McIntyre. And Drew said that Reigns did not deserve to be champion, wasn't representing the company as it should be represented. And then McIntyre said he was in a fighting mood, and that then led to a scuffle between Drew. And Roman Reigns, and then Sami Zayn suddenly turned up and acted as a human shield. Shoved Top. Roman out of the way, took the Claymore kick for him. That's it, um, that's it. But still, Drew stood tall at the end as well. He should have done. <clears throat> yeah. See, you know, even though it's, it's well, it's not actually home soil, because it's Wales, it's not Scotland, but it's the UK. I think Drew McIntyre is still the underdog going into this match. So I think he needed to lay Roman Reigns out here and stand tall with the title belts at the end of the programme. I think that was, we needed that. That was necessary to make yeah. us that he can beat Roman Reigns a week on Saturday. Um, and then elsewhere in the show, we had <clears throat> Sami Zayn was obviously in that IC title contender match along with uh, Madcap Moss, Happy Corbin, Ricochet and Sheamus. And Sheamus was the one who got the win. So Sheamus is going to face uh, Gunter, which is the first time the IC title has been on on the line at a big event since WrestleMania 37 back in April 2021. And I think uh, Gunter and Sheamus should be a hell of a match. I think they're going to obviously go out there and have a point to prove. Um, yeah. So I've got high hopes for this one. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I mean, you know, Gunter and Shinsuke Nakamura the previous week was a hell of a main event and felt like a main event, was presented as a main event, received by the audience as a main event. And this five-way match to determine the uh, number one contender to the IC title and Gunter's challenger at the big show, it just felt like a mega match, didn't it? It felt like a biggish thing on the program with the exception of the Reigns-Drew McIntyre showdown at the very end. But it was a really long match, very good. Um, it was interesting that Michael Cole described it as a barn burner. Now, I think that was a phrase... That was banned under Vince McMahon's. Yeah, I think it was. That was not a phrase we heard. That's like an old old school wrestling phrase, isn't it? Barn burner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's a great it, phrase. It is, yeah. 
And um, I mean, it was a hell of a match. I mean, Sami Zayn was so over in Montreal. He did the Terry Funk thing where he went backstage injured and then returned later on to a hero's welcome, the old Terry Funk spot. He did that in all Japan, did it in ECW and always works. And Zayn was, uh, was the hero here, wasn't he? He was, he was the audience's choice. He was the one, the person that everyone wanted to win the match. And instead it was Sheamus. But I think it's still a really good um, challenger for Gunter at the big show. And as you said, Kenny, I think they, they will want to go out there and have a heck of a match. I think they will. Um, it's hard for me to believe that Sheamus will end Gunter's reign, but he could. I mean, he could do. Did you see? I think he put out. Um, I don't think he's ever held the the IC title, Sheamus. No, I think it's, he's. I think he if he wins it, he's the only person. Because I don't think there's anybody who's held every major title, right? Because Sheamus has held the world title, the WWE title, the US title, both tag titles. Um, like he's he's held them all. I think this is the last one that he would need to. Well, I guess Universal, but that's not a. Would he fall under the lineage of of the the current belts that Roman has? Well, I, guess, I think so. Yeah, I think I think so. I think Sheamus put out a picture of all the tight because he got the title belts as trophies in his house, and there's like one omission, there's one thing missing, and that's the IC belt. Yeah. So, and that's that's quite an interesting story as well that he's advertising that, and that's something I'm sure that they'll bring up. And um, this week on SmackDown, presumably SmackDown the following week will be pre-taped because I can't imagine they're going to do it on the Friday and then fly over Saturday morning. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to maybe they're going to hold it on the Tuesday or something. Yeah, or that Wednesday. Would that would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, because yeah, there's. There, I mean, it would be. I mean, well, I know that I know there's definitely press on the Friday morning, um, and. I know that Drew's involved in that. So I, I can't imagine they would do a live SmackDown without him. No, there's just, there's just no way because they want to get everyone over so they're rested and they're ready to go. You know, they'll, they'll be flying everyone over presumably Thursday, I would think. Yeah, something like that. But um, but yeah, so, you know, lots to look forward to. I also just wanted to make a mention, it's not really to do with the show. I don't live Morgan beat Shotzi in a non-title match on the show. And then this is when uh, Shayna Baszler showed up after the match and, you know, like... Uh, she was you know torturing her arm, the bad arm. She said she's going to break it in Cardiff. Um, kicked Liv in the face instead. You know, she teased that she was going to just destroy the arm then and there. Um, but the big story really is that Shotzi on social media. Did you see this? No. So Shotzi, I don't know why she did this. Um, Shotzi sent a tweet out uh, about Liv Morgan, where she basically inferred. Let me just oh, see if I can was, find was it. Was this getting Ruby fired? Yes. Yes, I did see it. Um, yeah, so she tweeted out and said, um, she said, uh, bye, see you all when I want to bully another one of my co-workers. So she deleted her Twitter and said, see you when I want to uh, bully another one of my co-workers. But she had tweeted out basically saying that Liv Morgan had got Ruby Riot fired. Um, which I just didn't, I don't really understand. Like, if you're a heel and you're going to make this sort of you know, attempt to heat, then you don't then delete your Twitter account as well. No. So I don't really know what Shotzi is playing at. And I mean, it just, it always seems to Shotzi that she just doesn't really get it. There's always something going on, whether it's, you know, 
the big botches and the big matches, or whether it's you know this random attempt at trying to get heat for a non-title match on TV. Like I don't really know what she's doing. No, I don't either. I mean, she obviously um, suspended or, or rather cancelled a t- uh, Twitter, closed the Twitter down after Money in the Bank when everyone piled on her, and obviously she had a terrible night. Um, the irony here against Liv Morgan, she actually had a pretty good night in the ring. I mean, they even did a tiger suplex spot, which is, I think, quite a tricky move to pull off successfully, and it looked really good. Um, you know, but you're right, Shotzi's a strange one. She's got she's got this act that's kind of overly complicated, which means there's a good chance that something's going to go wrong. When she was wrestling uh, in the tag match the previous week, she did the sliced bread, and that was threatening to go very wrong, and happily Raquel ended up saving the day. But it just that almost went really badly wrong there. But there's something about, yeah, I just feel like she's the sort of person who needs to greatly simplify her act in the ring. And I think then she will go in there with more confidence, with the knowledge that she's going to be able to get through a match without botching a third of the moves. And that's then going to be a huge confidence booster for her as a performer, isn't it? Because she's going to know that she can go in there and successfully do the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, very strange, her Twitter game. And Twitter's a funny thing. There's a, it's claimed quite a few people over the years, hasn't it, Kenny? Quite a few people have come unstuck on social media um, just by writing things that they ought not to have written or saying things that they shouldn't have aired. And um, I think somebody needs to have a word with her and either she just needs to cancel the whole thing or she just get, you know, a, you know, a responsible third party to maybe, um, you know, approve her tweets before she puts them out there. Yeah, very, very strange. I don't know what she's up to. Um, let's, let's move on to Raw. Raw was from Toronto last night. Um, you know, a lot, lot of positive feedback from the show. We opened the show with uh, Rollins and Riddle having a big brawl, which obviously is you're playing into the fact that they just can't wait to get their hands on each other at Clash at the Castle, which yeah. is good. Um, but then we opened the, the show proper with uh, Trish Stratus coming out. And she, uh, you know, comes out. And she's just kind of doing the... The, the legend, hello, this brings out Bailey and uh, Dakota and EO Sky. They're all kind of having a go at Trish. Then it brings out Bianca Belair. It brings out uh, Alexa and Asuka. They're kind of all there to, you know, back up Trish. And, um, I mean, it was nice to see Trish. It was good to see her in Toronto. I mean, she still looks great. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's the fact that women's had multiple children and she still looks as good as she does, is 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 sickening to the rest of us, to some of us, who are constantly <laughs> trying to stay in shape. She puts me to shame, Finn, with her yoga. Wow. That's not difficult, is it, Kenny? There was no need for that comment. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, that, that shade that was thrown my way? Um, but it was You are right, yeah. I mean, she's old Trish now, about 44, maybe? 45? Um, just Trish. She is... 46. 46, yeah. So, I mean, and I really like this sort of, they seem to have this new policy because Kurt Angle's going to be on Raw next week in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. So I like this policy of them um, using the, you know, the legends, the look, you know, the who are legend, yeah. Yeah, associated with a particular town or city. I think that's always, it's a kind of a cheap pop, but it's, I think it's something that people like to see is an old timer come out and just do a few segments or a little promo or whatever. Not do not do too much. 
And, you know, it's not like Trish was in the ring or anything. She wasn't wrestling. I mean, she probably could do a match again, and maybe she will do a match one day. But I think this was the perfect use of her here on this show. I know Bailey was always a huge fan of hers, so it was probably a thrill um, for the um, and probably Dakota Kai was as well. So I'm sure it was a thrill for the for the other women to do a segment with her. I'm sure that was that went down great. And um, you know, yeah, she set up the next match, which was the semi-final of the women's tag team championship tournament. She set that up well. It was Alexa Bliss and Asuka versus Dakota Kai and Eo Sky. Um so yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. And also they talked as well about the clash of the castle six woman match that we're gonna see. Uh, you correctly predicted that some weeks ago, Kenny, by the way. I should point that out. Well look, you know, I don't I don't wanna I don't want to tip my own horn. But yeah, I'm I'm bound to get one right eventually. Yeah, I'll take that compliment. I'll, you know, just more compliments. Just send them in my direction. That's what you're saying, isn't it, Kenny? Well, you know, uh, but yeah, we're going to get to see that six women match, which I think in in is is probably the right move because I think if you were to do one of them against Bianca, I don't think it would mean as much. Yeah, I think to do it as a multi women match, uh, I think the crowd and Cardiff are going to are going to want to see everybody. So yeah, it makes sense, and then. We saw um, Eos Guy and Dakota Kai here beating Alexa Bliss and Asuka in a pretty good match. So they're now in the finals of yeah. the tournament to face whoever the second chance team are going to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a long, complicated match. I mean, I thought it was I I thought it was well laid out, but I still feel like it lasted a little bit too long. <laughs> uh, but the thing I liked about it the most was it was Eos Guy's best performance to date. Um, I thought she did well here. Um, and, and I think when Dakota Kai and Eo Sky are more well-known, I think this sort of match would work better. I think people are still trying to work out who they are. There's still a relatively new act after all. They've only had, what is it, about three matches on the main roster? I think it's something like that, three or four matches. So uh, I think, you know, had this match taken place, this same match taken place, say, in two months, I think it would have been... I would think it would be more warmly received than it was. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. I thought they all looked like real professionals out there. Uh, and I liked the finish as well. Um, I mean, uh, Sky scored, I guess you could say it was a bit of a fluke pin on Asuka, but it was the right outcome to me. The newcomers, Kai and Sky, I think they they need, they're, they're surely going to become the champs, especially yeah. now that we've got this, you know, this last chance match for the other finalists. It's got to be Kai and Sky. Becoming champs, hasn't it? Yeah, and I do. I do wonder if next week, because the finals are next week on Raw, we should mention in Pittsburgh, and I do wonder if Dakota Kai and Io Sky, that when they win, if they are confronted by Sasha and Naomi. Well, it's a possibility. Um, you know, if that's then added to Cardiff, you know, maybe that's you know, we've still got that time, so it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, I mean, I've got to believe that Sasha and Naomi are returning. I mean, maybe, maybe not next week, but at some point, I would think within the next four weeks, I think they're coming back. Put it this way, and I'm someone, and I, I'm not taking pleasure in saying this bad thing about AEW because I really do want them to do well, and I like some of the top level stuff that they do. But if I was Sasha and Naomi, and you look at that AEW women's division, I mean, all is you know, I know Vince isn't there, so the, the one of the big things is gone, but. If you can make it work with WB, it's a much better proposition. Sure. You know, I mean, I was watching Charlotte doing the Broken Skull sessions the other day, 
And it's just that, you know, you've got Charlotte, who's going to be coming back at some point. You've got uh, Rhea and Beth Phoenix doing the stuff in the main event. You've got more tag teams being given time than where before. Um, I, th- I think there's just so much more they can do in WWE. And they can play off this whole scenario. Sure, they can. Of course so. they can. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people waiting in the wings in NXT. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that Battle Royal they had uh, quite a few weeks ago now, the one in which Zoe Stark returned. Um, that was a, that was one of the best Battle Royals I've seen this year. That was really good in terms of story advancement. And, um, you know, Mandy Rose and Zoe Stark at the Heat Wave event. I mean, that was probably Mandy Rose's best match ever. I mean, I know Zoe Stark's a, a real talent, so I think a lot of the credit for that good needs to go to Zoe. But I think Mandy Rose is someone as well who has improved a lot. And we talked a little bit about Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan. And I think they can be stars on the main roster. So you've got a, a lot of, there's there's lots, there's lots they can do that's there. And there's lots that they're going to be able to do in the future as well. Um. So elsewhere on Raw, we did have the, the big moment for Kevin Owens getting the big babyface Canadian pop to beat Chad Gable in a match, which was just kind of, you know, to give the crowd something. Um, we also had a big tag match with Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles taking on The Miz and Champa. And during the match, AJ Styles was kind of accosted by someone who we don't know who they are at first. Now, was it Santos Escobar? Is that who it was? Because I we saw the guy's face, but we couldn't. I couldn't see it well enough. So yeah, was it Escobar? They identify him on the air. Obviously, they identified Dexter Loomis when he kidnapped the Miz. Um, but Santos Escobar has now left NXT after losing to Tony D'Angelo at the Heatwave yeah, yeah. event last week. He lost the loser leaves NXT match. Oh, that was a stip if, if Santos left. Yeah, maybe, sorry, yeah if, maybe he has shaved his facial hair and just kind of. Uh, I mean, I've not watched NXT. Did he have facial hair at the end when he was doing stuff with Tony D'Angelo? Uh, I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't remember. I mean, I don't know if it was him or, or it wasn't. You only got a very fleeting glimpse. Yeah, but you got to look at the face, which means that we're, we're you know, it's going to play out somehow. It's probably going to be him because, you know, obviously he's left NXT. He, he, you know, that was a stipulation in the match with Tony D'Angelo. If he lost the match, then he would have to leave NXT. So he's gone. I mean, he's obviously... Been in NXT for a while. He's a real veteran. He can do lots of different things. And I think there is an opening for someone like that in on the main roster. I was never really a fan of Escobar up until this year. And I think the stuff he did with Tony D'Angelo, not only in the ring, but mostly outside the ring, has given me a new appreciation for Santos Escobar's all-round skills. And I think he's somebody who can make it on the main roster. So I hope it was him who, uh, you know, grabbed AJ Styles. But we will see. Uh, we know it was definitely Dexter. We know it's definitely Dexter Loomis who attacked The Miz. Yeah, because The Miz then, uh, the security guard who has a helmet on popped up behind The Miz, takes his mask off, it's Dexter Loomis, big pop from the crowd. Loomis then grabs The Miz and basically chokes him all the way to the concourse, uh, which ends the match. Uh, so, you know, there's lots of stuff playing out with that. <laughs> Jimmy um, Smith on commentary was hilarious. He said... And the Miz has been kidnapped. Let's <laughs> not forget that. <laughs> um, and then, out of nowhere, we come back from break and Johnny Gargano's music plays. And he walks out. Not a great crowd reaction, but an okay one, but it gets bigger as he goes on. Yeah. Um, and he comes out, he says, thank you. Uh, says that, you know, surprise everybody. 
uh, and then basically talks about how you know he's with his son who he's dubbed baby wrestling uh, yeah. that you know he talked to him about having dreams to be intercontinental champion US champion WWE champion wrestling at Wrestlemania he's got to teach his son that those dreams can come true um, and he says that Johnny Wrestling's back in WWE and then Theory, his former way comrade, came out um, and the crowd starts chatting, who's your daddy? And Johnny Gargano starts pointing at himself, which is very funny. Um, and then Theory said that, you know, a lot's happened in the nine months you've been gone. I've basically done most of the stuff that you want to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, he said, he said all the things that Gargano had dreamed of doing, Theory had already done. You know, Wrestle, was- WrestleMania, US champ, he's done them all. Gargano could carry his bags, you know, could get his coffee, could be, you know, his lieutenant. So that was pretty funny, wasn't it? And he's like, I think he used the line that, you know, I could show you the way. It was a line yeah. like that in there, wasn't it? That was a really good great. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he, he he says, let's do a high five, stand with me. And then Gargano ends up super kicking him. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this was, I was really, su- I was surprised to see him so soon, but happy to see him. I think he made the right call. And, um, I hope that they add this match to to Cardiff. I hope we get to see Theory and Gargano there and bring him over and uh, add his star power to the show. What did you make of his return? Yeah, really pleased to see him. I mean, check out uh, what's going down in the latest issue of Inside the Ropes magazine. I will say no more about Johnny Gargano <laughs> a comment in the magazine there. Um, but yeah, really pleased to see him. And uh, I mean, I thought the entry, I thought the reaction from the audience um, was pretty healthy when he arrived and uh, he did a really good job of working the crown referring to himself as Johnny Wrestling and just you know giving the you know the history lesson of who he was and why he left and you know what he'd done in NXT and I think the audience had a lot of patience for him there's certainly been WWE audiences in the past Kenny who would have rejected him within seconds yeah, you know, and he and he played it re- like see even the the fact that the crowd when he came out they didn't go mental straight away, but he didn't let that phase him. Like he yeah. let it, he he built them up over the over the promo to the point where they were ch- all chanting for him. Like yeah. he worked the crowd really well here. Oh, he did very patient. He didn't rush anything. He didn't say anything that he didn't swear. He didn't use any sort of language that was designed to provoke cheap pops. You know, it was all very real, wasn't it? And that was that's always been Gagano's appeal and his connection with the audience is based upon him feeling like a real person. You know, he's this guy who was an indie wrestler and joined the biggest company in the world and, and against all the odds, odds was a success. And it feels like that's going to be the character on the main roster as well. And the audience was very receptive to it and Theory is the perfect opponent for him. Um, you know... <laughs> Interesting to see the size difference. I don't remember Theory being that much bigger than him when they were in NXT, although maybe he was. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Johnny's got a little bit smaller since he's been off, or maybe Theory's just got so much bigger. Um, But, I mean, that's going to be, I think, a really good series between those two. And, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased to see Gargano on the main roster. And, um, I mean, the timing of it is just beautiful, isn't it? I mean, had Vince, if Vince was still there, would he have been brought up? Would he have re-signed? I think it's possible he would have gone back to NXT. You know, he had unfinished business there with Grayson Waller and those things he could have done. But he's already done, you know, he's already held all the championships there and he's already wrestled there for years. So this is, you know, a much 
more exciting, you know, the potential for him on the main roster. It's all new, isn't it? Even though he's wrestling, he's going to wrestle theory, he's been involved with in the past in NXT, but it's an all new environment for him. So the timing for him is, it's just, it's just a bit, say we carry him cross and Scala. You know, we never, we haven't talked about that, you know, just like they're back. And like, would Vince have given them another chance? I doubt it. And like, here they are. I mean, let's see what Cross can do this time, Kenny. You're great, great gimmick, great entrance, really good promos. Scarlet looks like a million bucks. But Karrion Cross to me is a guy who's never really shown me that he's good enough in the ring. So the pressure's on, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Karrion Cross. Yeah, whereas with Gargano, like this just all feels right. Yeah, I saw someone say, I saw someone say on Twitter today, you know, if this promo had happened a month ago, they wouldn't have referenced where they were from. And I think if this, if this is a month ago, I don't. If, if the same person run the show a month ago, I don't know if this would be happening the way that it is. No, no chance. You know, no. I, I like. I think Vince would maybe eventually have been sort of kowtowed into signing him, but he wouldn't have been given this. He would have done it reluctantly, and he probably would have create a scenario in which he failed so yeah. that Vince would say, well, he's not getting over, you know, let's push, push someone who's 50 pounds heavier. You know, yeah. we use this little guy, you know, I don't make money with little guys. I make money with big guys. <laughs> uh, but then it's main event time on Raw Edge and Damian Priest. Uh, Beth Phoenix was sitting ringside uh, to watch the match. They, they end up going about 19 and a half minutes. Um, I mean, the crowd are very happy to see Edge. Uh, they're very happy to see this in the main event. I mean, it was a good match. I don't think it was great, but it was it was good. And the in the end, Edge was able to do Edge did a Canadian destroyer, a Canadian destroyer by a Canadian fin. I mean, I think this was the first time that move has taken place in WWE. I can't think of it happening before in WWE. Can you? I mean, it's definitely happened in NXT, but on on the main roster, I can't I, think. I can't think of a time that I've seen, it, seen that move before. And obviously it's a tribute to Pete Williams, who's a backstage producer. It was his invention uh, when he was in TNA about 2005, I think it was. And um, I remember when the first time I saw that move, wow, it's just the most amazing move. And I remember all the photographers were trying to get the best photo of it. And it's a really difficult move to photograph because you know, when you actually freeze frame it, it sort of looks weird. And it's really yeah. hard to capture uh, in a photograph. Uh, but all the photographers have tried really hard to capture it in a photograph anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, a real tribute there to Pete Williams, who is obviously a Canadian and works for WWE now. And I like the way, I like the fact that he used the Canadian destroyer and then hit the spear for the pin. Because... We've seen so many Canadian destroyers, particularly at AEW, and they mean nothing. It's and a transition was, move. Yeah. I mean, it, like, we, we should say, just for, for sort of fairness, Adam Cole was guilty of making a transition move in NXT as well. So he he's a real culprit for that move becoming just part of a match that doesn't really, you know, but at least when Edge used it here, it meant something. Well, exactly. Was, That's my point in time. I, mean, I remember they brought in the Rock and Roll Express and they did it. <laughs> I think it was Ricky Morton did it. What are you doing? He's doing a Canadian destroyer. And it's just absurd. But yeah, so Edge did the Canadian destroyer on Damien Priest, then hit the spear one, two, three. So it was the right outcome. I mean, Edge had to win in his hometown. I agree with you. It was a good match. 
not as good as the matches between Edge and Seth Rollins last year, but then Damien Priest isn't as good as Seth Rollins. I, I thought Edge had a good night, and he didn't take too many unnecessary risks. Um, I thought the, the post-match angle was exactly what we wanted. We talked about Beth Phoenix being involved. We talked mm-hmm. about that a couple of weeks running, I think. Yeah. And yeah, she was there. She was shown in the crowd um, during the match. And then afterwards, when the Judgment Day were attacking Edge, Phoenix grabbed a chair, entered the ring and drove Priest, Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor off. Um, so, so do you think do you think we're gonna get do you think we're gonna get Edge and Beth against Finn and Rhea at Cardiff? Yeah, I would think so because I mean, there's no sign of the Mysterios, although they were mentioned, weren't they? They were yeah. mentioned on the program. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few matches they need to announce for Clash of the Castle, isn't there? Yeah, because at the moment, I'm trying to think at the moment, uh, what is the, the how many matches do we have official at the moment? We've got so Reigns, Drew. We've got the six-woman match. We've got Riddle, Seth Rollins. We've got Seamus, Gunter. We've got Liv Morgan, Shayna. I think that, yeah, that's it. That's, we've got five at the moment. So if, if they add in the mixed tag, that's six. If they add in maybe Theory and Gargano, it would be seven. Yeah. yeah. I would think maybe eight matches. Maybe there'd be eight matches tops, I would think. Well, I mean, maybe the Usos defend the tag titles against something, but then the Usos haven't really been put in any program as if that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe the eighth match will end up... Be, oh, no, it couldn't... No, well, you know, they can't do Dakota Kai and uh, Sky against Sasha, Naomi and Cardiff because they've got the sixth women match. Indeed. So, yeah, maybe the last one... Either a tag title match, maybe a US title match. Yeah, um, possibly, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I mean the the card is shaping up now to have some some really good stuff on the undercard as well as the the main event. So um, it should be a good good night. But yeah, I mean, I, I was really happy to see Beth here. I think Beth's going to be able to do some really fun stuff with Rhea Ripley, and um, and I think the mixed tag is more appealing than the singles, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we we talked about this, haven't we? Because we we yeah. said, oh, the match between Maurice and the Miz and Edge and Beth Phoenix was, you know, Comedy. better than we thought it would be. But it was, you know, it's still kind of a silly feud, wasn't it? And this is more of a serious um, arrangement, you know, a serious uh, conflict between actual warring factions rather than people who were just bickering, you know, yeah. settling it with a silly match. Uh, and also as well, it was fairly obvious that Edge and Beth were going to defeat the Miz and Maurice, whereas Edge and Beth could very well lose to Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley and should do so. Let's be honest, they should do so, Kenny. Indeed, indeed. I, ho- I ho- hope they do. Um, now, did, didn't Edge, after the show, I'm sure you've seen the footage, didn't he announce that he was reti- going to retire next August? He said that in an ideal world, he said he knows this runs wind, winding down, and he said in an ideal world, he knows that they come to Toronto every August, he would like to say goodbye together in Toronto. Okay. So I, mean, I don't know that, whether that, maybe that means they're thinking about SummerSlam in Toronto next year. Maybe, maybe do that as Edge's retirement. Yeah. I think I mean, probably, I mean, I think it's probably the right thing for for him to do. He's come back. He had a really good series with Seth Rollins. You know, he's done some good stuff. He's done some stuff that probably could have been better. Well, definitely could have been better. Um, and I think, you know, he's probably by next August. I think he'd probably be ready to to call it quits. I would think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be uh, interesting to see if he if he keeps to. I mean, what what else can he do after he's done this Judgment Day feud? Maybe he gets to have you know a couple of the big matches that he wants to have. Yeah, but you know, I I, I think it's a shame because if COVID hadn't happened, I do wonder if the trajectory of Edge's return would have been a little bit different because that Orton and Edge feud was so hot. And then, you know, the feud just kind of died because there was no crowd. Yeah. So, but anyway, we'll see. Um, that's all the time we've got for today. And um, we'll be back later this week with the Power Slam podcast. Um, there is uh, plenty of stuff you can get get from us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. Um, and then also the magazine, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. You can pick up the new issue right now in WH Smith or at InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. We're working away on the next one. The wheels on the bus always go round and round. So... They certainly do, yeah. They certainly do. I'm doing the Clash at the Castle review. Exciting stuff, yeah. I'm very excited to see that. Hopefully it's a, a big show for you to review. I'm sure it will be. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's going to be. It's, sure it's going to be. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I mean, usually I will be uh, sending out the request for questions for Q&A uh, probably on Monday. Uh, I've just started on the next installment of What Else Is Going Down for Patreon. Should have that finished by Friday with a bit of luck, certainly by Monday at the very latest. So, uh, so yeah, everything's all moving forward. And we're doing the SummerSlam 2002 recording this week, aren't we, Kenny? Yes, we are. We're doing that, and we're recording that hopefully on Thursday. I would imagine. So we will, but uh, we will have that recorded by the weekend. So, uh, and then, and then we, yeah, we've got some. We've got one other thing we want to do for the fifth anniversary. We'll try and work on. It. Might be after Clash at the Castle, though. So. Yeah, probably do that sort of mid-September time. Yeah, but we've got we've got one more thing, one more kind of fun thing planned. So anyway, I want to thank you for all your support, Finn. I hope you enjoy your week, whatever you're getting up to. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we'll be talking again Thursday, probably twice for a long period of time, Kenny. So I know. Well, you know, with the illusion for people, you know, have and enjoy enjoy it the next few days. Well, um, I will do. Yeah, I'm currently actually replacing the concrete and my cellar floor, so uh, I'm smashing, I'm smashing, I've smashed a massive hole in my cellar floor. I'm thinking, oh, I'm hoping the house isn't going to fall down. So. <laughs> Seriously. So anyway, I, I mean, if I if I successfully complete this job and I have all these half finished jobs, I'm just hoping this isn't going to be another one that I don't finish for like five years. I've got jobs that I've lived literally on with for five years because I get distracted. I'll <laughs> I'll, inc- I'll put the pictures on Facebook for everyone's amusement, or you know, so I can sp- subject myself to the. Endless ridicule, Kenny. <laughs> not for the first time. And not for the last. Well, listen, we want to thank you for all your support, everybody. And uh, we hope you have a good week and we'll talk to you soon.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 